Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. Howdy, howdy. It's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Morning to you on a Thursday event day on planet Earth, I have no doubt. I'm here, so obviously something is going to go horribly wrong somewhere. That's the way it works. Dave Hughes in today on Middays, live in the Element Well Studios. Over in the booth, I, I do have a question to start out, Rhino. Uh, I, I heard you talk about it yesterday, but I'm just curious. Have you planned the Welcome to America messy party yet or, or is that still in the works how's that how's that going i did actually price uh tickets for matches near me but uh i'm gonna wait until everything gets finalized before i pull the trigger because i mean it could be argued he's the second most talented player to ever come to america to play professional soccer yeah and it's just behind pele well, he's he's a big deal. Oh yeah. What is it? Seven times he was chosen the top player in the world. He's got a World Cup championship from back in December. Uh, the 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 guy's got the cred. It's really hard to look at him and go, oh, well, no, he's not that big of a deal. No, he kind of is. But I'm I'm stuck because if I wait till everything's finalized, then I'm probably going to have to wind up paying more for those tickets because he's the kind of name that people will travel for that. Stands are going to fill up, and attendance records are just going to fall like dominoes. Yeah, and they have no idea how to deal with that that Miami team because they've had nothing up until now. Nobody, even among the rabid Major League Soccer fans in America, they don't really know anything about Miami. So this is going to be interesting to watch. Do you think this is going to actually bring more attention to the sport among Americans? Is it going to get more popular with us now because of this? Uh, potentially. I think you're going to get a lot more eyes on MLS from outside the country than you are from inside the country, which could be a good thing because it would it's going to make MLS have to step up their game and focus more on, all right, it actually costs money to get good players on teams, and you need high-level refereeing or the people are going to get t- tired of bad calls. Yeah, I think you're right. So we'll see how it plays out. But that was big news. When I saw that, I actually saw that news break right before the show yesterday, and I was like, oh, i got to listen to this. Because <laughs> I knew you were going to be all over that uh, when it broke. Uh, so how are things going with you, man? I'm still waiting on a technician to come out and fix my AC at the apartment, but uh, I've put the ticket in. Holy cow. At least it's not August. Do you need some place to stay? No, it's a I bit got of, fans. It, it's a bit of a commute, 
but it's not that bad, all things considered. I've done it for a while, so, you know, you, you can hold up under it, and we have AC. And my, my wife, morning honey, uh, keeps it set on a very comfortable 48. So, you know, if, if you would like to come enjoy the air conditioning, just recharge for a little bit and possibly chip in on the electric bill. Uh, but if not, that's fine. It's going to be set on that anyway. It's not any extra expense. And you're welcome to come on in and look at our shivering dogs because <laughs> they they usually have ice crystals forming on them. It's, I'm joking about it because now she's gotten me used to it. I barely need two pairs of socks. So it, it's I, I'm really getting used to it. If it ain't fixed by tomorrow, I may take you up on that. You know where I'm at, Because it's man. been out since Saturday late. Oh, good. Great. No, it is too hot for that, man. No, 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 Although no, it's no. still not the hottest I've slept through. Yeah, well... At the old place, it was, it was pretty rough, because it didn't have good insulation, so the heat creeped in and any cold air creeped out, and the only cold air was provided by a window unit, which was down at the time. Of course it was. <laughs> Hottest I've ever slept was right after Katrina. Couldn't couldn't have yeah, air running if you wanted it, and there was zero breeze. It was just still and humid and horrific. So that that's my hottest sweaty story that I can come up with. But you very quickly get in the mindset of, well, this is what it is. You got to get that. Eventually, it, it saps your energy, and you just pass out anyway. When we get done with the show, do we need to run to Lowe's and get you like a window unit or something? Come on! It wouldn't even work in my window. Oh, crap. <laughs> loud! <laughs> I thought about that, and I was like, ah, they're gonna fix it. Man, I have a lot of stuff to talk about today. I know, big surprise. That never happens, right? Uh, and some uh, again, another major surprising thing. Uh, probably some different angles than you're used to talking about. Uh, one of, and I'm going to start with this one because this one is just fascinating to me. We have the whole thing where California and a sheriff in Texas are investigating legal action against Florida and Governor Ron DeSantis because of what happened. And I keep hearing about the the immigration policies and how we're dealing with these. And yeah, that, to me, is not the issue. Because the facts as it's being stated here, as they're being stated, well, let, let's put it in a slightly closer-to-home idea. Uh, if the governor of Arkansas sent some people into Mississippi to grab some folks without checking with Governor Reeves and then took them to California, that's okay? It ain't your state, dude. Why are you even there? And it's not like it's a, a baseless accusation. Governor DeSantis claimed credit for it. He has admitted that he did it. So that's not in question. So Texas didn't know he was doing this. We had the governor of one state send his people into another state without that state's permission or acknowledgement, grab some folks, and take them to a third state and drop them off. That's the issue here. We can try to make it about immigration all we want. Yes, that was the, the prompting factor of this. That's not the problem I have. This ain't your house, dude. I, I, I mean, am I reading that wrong right now? No, I mean, if you just look at the the 30,000-foot view, that's pretty much dead on. And I, I'm, I'm sorry, 
ideas on the immigration problem, and yes, I think it is absolutely hysterical that we're picking up migrants and dropping them off in these liberal states and cities that have been crying about, we need to welcome them all. Okay, here you go. Yeah, I love that. That's fantastic. But the governor of one state doesn't get to just, you know, barge into a separate state without their permission or acknowledgement, grab some folks and drop them off in a third state. That's not right, period. Uh, Now, if you think that's okay, let's stop using the term states' rights ever again. Because that is, to me, the heart of this. And nobody's talking about it because everybody's going down the same paths and hitting the same talking points and using the same trigger phrases to make sure they get their point across. Bottom line, Florida invaded Texas. But they had paperwork. Yes, they and dropped them off with Florida paperwork. The migrants that they dropped off in California, they gave them Florida documentation after picking them up in Texas. How is Florida even involved in this? How is this even any of their business? And it's not even the first time they've done it. They dropped some off, if you recall, Florida did, at Martha's Vineyard that they picked up in Texas. Does Florida not have immigrants? I'm pretty sure they not do. Not at the same rate Texas does. But I, I get, I'll bet they could scare a couple There's up. a lot more water between Cuba and Miami than there is between Mexico and Texas. Yeah, you can swim a river. But, <laughs> just call it what it is, but I guarantee you, you could round up 36 of them. I think that's how many they went and got from Texas. And It's not like they took busloads. It's not like they got a cargo airplane and crammed it full of people. It was a few dozen. I would assume just to prove a point. That's what's disturbing about this to me. Because whether the motive was right or wrong whether the intention was well-meaning or ill-founded, is all immaterial. I don't get to come get some people out of your yard and take them to somebody else's yard because I don't like it from my house two blocks down the street. That's not the way anything works. But no one is talking about this because it doesn't help prove the immigration point one way or the other. It only proves that Ron DeSantis has been making home run swings and missing. Yes. <sighs> he had huge <laughs> approval numbers, and then he announced, and now they're halved. Yeah. Yeah. And he's uh, he is an expert marksman, but he needs to take off those boots he's wearing that have the targets on the top, because that's the only thing he's hitting is his own foot over and over. He's not helping himself. His campaign does opposition research. They're going to put his name on the list. We're going to continue. Oh, we're just getting started on things today. Trust me. A lot of stuff to talk about. We'll continue next in the Element Wealth Studios on Middays. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's do this. On Super Talk Mississippi. Let's go. 
Super Talk Mississippi Middays, live in the Element Wealth Studios. Dave Hughes here. So, what do you think? Are we going to get news today that Trump was indicted? It's either that or aliens, one of the two. No, we're going to get the aliens regardless. That's not even in question. I'm getting to that. (laughs) We've met, Rhino. You know that's coming up at some point here. Uh, as a matter of fact, I spent a lovely 15 minutes talking about it with Will in the break room before the show. Trust me, we're getting there. Uh, the word on the street, if you will, is that they, they could be asking the grand jury to hand down federal indictments against former President Trump for the classified documents uh, thing. I'm just going to call it a thing. It's a technical term. Uh, as early as today this afternoon that they've they're pretty much wrapping up all of their their testimony and all of their evidence and everything else and that they could ask the grand jury to decide whether or not to indict as early as today doesn't necessarily mean we would all find out today but it could happen and all the events leading up to today kind of indicate we're getting close everyone's pretty much in agreement this is coming sooner rather than later uh, the people that are saying, well, uh, if he is indicted on these federal accounts, he should drop his candidacy, he should withdraw, he should get out of the way. Have they met Trump? Do he, they realize Tiger King's running? He may figure out a way to start a second campaign for president after this. What, what do you mean? What do you mean drop out? No, they have not been paying attention for the last, what, six, seven, eight years. Longer than that. He got the name Teflon Don long before he was ever even considering running for president. Yeah, so I just sit back and I watch these people that are highly placed people that are saying, well, you know, if this indictment comes down, he should just drop out. He should get out of the way. This this is going to be bad. Can you at least have some awareness that you're in the room? Obviously, you're not capable of reading it. Can you at least acknowledge the room exists, and then we can move forward from there? Because he's not dropping out of anything. Come on. He's Donald Trump. He's going to double down. That's the way he reacts to these kind of things. So it's coming. You're going to hear a lot of squawking from both sides, both directions. But I just find it hilarious that some people actually legitimately think there's a chance he would say, nah, you're right, I'm done. (laughs) We have actually had a serious piece in the last month or two, I think it was in the New York Times, where they went and interviewed experts to determine that if he was reelected as president and then convicted on any of this stuff and had to go to jail or was put in jail before the election while he was still a candidate and was elected and won, how the Secret Service would handle his protection in prison. This is the same guy some people are now saying, well, he should just drop out. 
Come on. I'm sorry. I'm in the mood to call out some ludicrous things today. I don't know if you've noticed, and that's that concept is one of them. So let's just take that conversation off the table. It's a smokescreen designed to stir everyone up and get people talking about something other than the things that need to be talked about, which pretty much describes the entire planet right now. You you led me into it, so here we go. We'll get to the smoking just a bit as well, but. Perfect example is the whole UFO thing. As you know, the uh, what what was his name? David uh, Gorish, I think was his name, uh, intelligence officer. I've seen some people dismissively refer to him as a mid-level intelligence officer. So you acknowledge he was an intelligence officer. Thanks. Uh, came out. Multiple other intelligence officials, both current and retired, have told the same story and confirmed this information both on and off the record that the United States government has both debris from alien spacecraft and intact alien spacecraft that they have captured. I don't know if, you know, we they, they landed in Detroit and got carjacked. I don't know how they got the intact ones. That's a possibility. Uh, but he says that they did. You never seen that movie where they're, they're all on the ice and they hold hands and it's in they make a circle in the ice. You're like, wait, that's not a plane. Oh yeah, the Mighty Ducks. But <laughs> <laughs> set me up again, big guy. Set me up again. Uh, but here's the thing, and I thought Tucker Carlson had a good point. You know, he released his first episode of his Tucker on Twitter, which is Tucker on Twitter. Uh, he released that video, and the last three, four minutes of it is him talking about the subject and says, notice you've heard nothing about it. Any other time, this would have been a bombshell. It would have been earth-shattering news. Everyone would have freaked out. And now, everyone instead is going, what? Oh, yeah. And then going back to arguing about silly things, which is literally the point that he made. To uh, last time I checked, it was around 80 million views that video has gotten. This this is probably the best example of what is going wrong I have ever seen, because he has a very good point. We have multiple highly placed intelligence officials that have come out and said, both on and off the record, on the record, hugely important here, in a time where the government has started up a program to investigate UFOs, we want to call them UAPs because reasons, but UFOs, the government has admitted that there are quite a few of those, not the majority, nowhere close, but there are some, they can't figure out what it is. They have no idea what it is. NASA just held a huge public hearing from their panel investigating UFOs. So during all of this, where it is being taken very seriously by extremely highly placed people in the government and Congress, we have this group that comes forward and says, oh yeah, we got stuff. We got stuff and things, both. We, we, we keep the stuff and things stored separate, but we have stuff and things. And nobody paid any attention to it. 
Nobody I mean, they tried to tell us with the movie Independence Day, but nobody realized it was actually a documentary. It was a documentary. They just went to the site itself and filmed what was there. <sighs> this is where they, they've got you. This is the position that they have manipulated Americans into occupying. You are only going to care about what we tell you you should care about. You're only going to get worked up or excited or upset over what we tell you to get worked up, excited, or upset about, and nothing else matters. My question is, and this applies to everybody on both sides across the board, this, this is non-political. How does it feel to be led around by the nose they got a finger in each nostril just guiding you through where they want you to go. And everybody's okay with it. It bothers me. And notice, by the way, as I tend to do, it has nothing to do with whether or not this is accurate. This has nothing to do with whether or not we actually have several aliens working in government facilities. We may have some in Congress. Have you seen Bernie Sanders lately? It doesn't matter if it's true. The fact that we have highly placed people in a time where we have congressionally formed panels and NASA is investigating UFOs, all of them are saying there's some stuff we don't know what it is. And this news comes out and nobody blinks. They got you. They got you good. And the really sad part is, when that happens, when they get you to that level, when they are controlling what you get worked up about and what you don't get worked about up about to that level, you don't notice. That's part of it. You think everything's fine. So this is not the problem. The UFO thing is not the problem, but it is one heck of a symptom of what the actual problem is. And that's the finger up each nostril that's leading you through your daily life, your emotional roller coaster, and your opinions. This is going to be a very unpopular segment with some people. Oh, wait, hold, hold on. I'm, I'm just getting this uh, breaking news here. I don't care. So there we go. We will continue seeing how deep I can dig this hole when we come back. Live in the Element Well Studios on Super Talk. Bring it on. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. It is on. On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to Earth, third rock from the sun. She walks in the smokies, one hip at a time, like a broken ceasefire text line already on fire on this Thursday. Live in the Element Wealth Studios, Dave Hughes here, 601-879-4395, the number where you can text in, as someone did said if there were any space aliens, we would be giving them foreign aid. You know, they've been invaded by the Fleasel Forps from Persei 
Omicron 8, and we must do everything we can to support them. You may have a point, actually. Although, with the black budget, we could be giving them financial aid and just don't know it. Because you need to stop acting like it's your money in the bank. Taxpayers don't need to know where the taxpayer money is going, right? Right? Oh, don't don't get me started this week on that. That'll be the end. We'll cancel the guests. That will be the entire rest of the program today. And we got too much other stuff to talk about. I mentioned the smoke coming down from Canada. I don't know if you heard. That's a conspiracy. Well, that's multiple conspiracies. Uh, aliens, by the way, suspected by some as having set the fires because, you know, if there's one thing the aliens are concerned with, it's smoke. Uh, space-based lasers. Drones with flamethrowers is my favorite theory that's going around right now. And I'm thinking, no, you got to bring them back and refill them. you got to recharge the batteries. There's a much simpler way, much easier way. You just get really tall poles and mount a magnifying glass on top. And then you hold it there, and you're good to go. No one's put that one forward yet. You heard it here first. That's probably what happened. Here is the other thing, which kind of flies in the face of what we were just talking about, about the UFOs, Rhino. Even though we kind of tend to lean in that direction, not everything is a conspiracy. Sometimes bad stuff happens. If that wasn't the case, every lottery ticket you bought would be a winner. Sometimes bad stuff just happens. We have lost the ability to discern between those two categories. Do conspiracies exist? Hi, I'm Dave. It's nice to meet you. Obviously, you've never heard of me before. Of course, I believe conspiracies exist. We, we have pr- America was founded on the basis of a conspiracy. That's how we got here. It was a conspiracy. A bunch of people meeting back behind the pub to discuss, we've got to break away from King George. we got to pass this along. We'll, we'll meet next Tuesday out by the old tree. Yeah, it, it, we started as a conspiracy. We know conspiracies exist. We know some of these things have a factual basis. Not everything is a conspiracy, though. That's where I think we go wrong, but that's the way we do everything these days. We take everything to an illogical, ridiculous extreme until we finally get to the point where the governor of one state invades another state, takes some people, and drops them off in a third state and says, look at me, I'm doing good. That's where we're at. Sometimes life stinks. New York yesterday afternoon set a record in the air quality index. You know, they have the worst air in the world right now for breathing. I don't know what else you'd use it for, but for breathing, it's the worst air in the world. They set that record yesterday afternoon, breaking the previous record set by New York City earlier in the day. It's currently at 400. To give you some perspective on that, 50 is considered a normal number on the air quality index. So it's eight times worse than normal. I think my favorite metric I've seen used is comparing the air quality index to smoking. Yes. Yes. An air quality index of 400 is roughly a pack a day. Yeah. 
it's the same thing as smoking a pack a day right now. Breathing. Just without the vasoconstriction and the sweet, sweet nicotine. Now, my favorite part is, and this goes back to the conspiracy-minded stuff, and sometimes bad things happen, and A does not always equal B. A lot of people are running out and grabbing N95 masks and wearing them so they don't breathe all this mess into their lungs, and we have folks coming out going, why would you bring, this was a conspiracy to bring the mask back. Yes, we set the entire country of Canada on fire so people in one city would put masks back on. Yeah, that's it. That's same logical thinking. If that mask was here, I, I could be very easily talked into wearing a mask. I wear a mask when I mow the grass because I'm allergic. So, yeah, it's, it's one thing does not equal another just because we really want it to be so that we can back up our own opinion of the way things are going in the world. They say this is going to last for several days up there. I've got oh, some, yeah. got some friends up there I've been talking to. A couple in New York, one in uh, the Carolinas, one in Jersey, uh, and they all say it is absolutely horrific up there. That, that it's not being exaggerated on TV. It's awful. And it's going to last through the weekend, they're saying, minimum. Probably longer than that. At what point do you decide, you know, I've had enough. I'm going to my grandma's house in Oregon for a few weeks. If you're able to, you know. You can't just pick up and go. It would be a long drive because they are grounding flights. Well, it's about to be an even longer drive. I don't know if you heard. The uh, uh, 12 of the most easternmost counties in Oregon have now voted to explore their options to leave Oregon and become part of Idaho. It would be like if the Delta all decided one county at a time they would rather be in Arkansas based on political divides. And the people in Idaho aren't too happy about it. Yeah, they're like, really? It's an awful big jump for you to think we want you. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of the response they're getting right now. Hopefully Grandma done moved out of Oregon. Somebody says, yeah, well, that'd be nice. Uh, if she lives in Portland, just stay there and breathe the smog, man. You're doing better. It's going to smell better. I have seen some people blaming the fires impacting the eastern or the northeast on an incident that happened earlier in the year on the other side of Canada. There are people trying to connect the dots between the current wildfires in the eastern half of Canada that are affecting the northeast United States with an all-female training exercise that got out of hand in Banff, which is in Alberta. I'm not real sure those people understand the geography of Canada. Well, more to the point, what are they saying? They, they let the women continue to run around loose and that's the problem? Oh, yeah, that, that's not going to cause them any difficulties in the press. <laughs> I mean, there was a story, I think it was oh, yeah. a month ago, in Banff, where there was a training exercise. It was one of those, hey, we got to be inclusive, so let's bring all the women together. And they, they accidentally started a forest fire. They got it under control. 
It didn't spread from Alberta all the way over to Montreal. So what happened when they got them all together? Did they decide they were going to have a day where they could see who could parallel park the best, and it just spiraled out of control? What what happened? As long as we're talking cheap shots, I figured I'd take one. Not everything is a conspiracy theory. When you make everything a conspiracy theory, the things that are conspiracy theories get lost in the noise and we don't pay attention to the important things, the things that matter. That's the danger. That's the danger in being continuously irate, stirred up, and upset about everything, everywhere, all the time, 24-7. We have one group that is upset. If you walk in and say hi, they go, oh, that's not inclusive. Other side's no better. You're spending all your time upset because they're so mad, which makes them irate. It's the circle of life. I'm I'm mad because I'm upset. Why are you so upset? Because I'm so mad. It's not productive. No, this isn't the party line. And once again, I would refer you back to a segment or two ago. I don't care. Facts are facts. That's where we're at. I think I might have just seen the funniest video from the Northeast involving the the orange smoke. Somebody standing on their fire escape with a speaker system playing the war chant from Dune. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. That is perfect. That is, that is very well done. Oh, why did the former mayor of Chicago move to New York? They got a sandworm problem now. Andy and Jackson, is Willie touring Canada this week? I don't know. Has anybody checked to find out where Willie and Snoop Dogg are? That could be the part of the problem. I swear. 662, nothing like a radio guy that knows everything. I noticed you didn't point out anywhere where I was wrong. Tag your it. We continue in the Element Well Studios on Super Talk Mississippi next. Are we going to do this? Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Keep rolling. Three, two, one. On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, Super Talk Mississippi Middays. The Element Well Studios rocking today. The Ceasefire text line rocking right along with them. Sam and Mount Herman said, Dave, why get worked up about anything? It is what it is. I'm just like my late grandfather. He was a farmer, and the only thing he worried about was the weather, baseball, and if he had French bread to eat uh, with his coffee in the morning. Thanks. I think that ties in very well to the comment from Paul and Meridian, who said an edible at night can help relieve some of that stress of what's going on in today's world. So if you combine those two pieces of advice, I think we, we might be on to something here, Rhino. We've got a winning strategy. 
I don't know. With the reporting on the prices for medical marijuana, it might be a waste to take the edible at night. Yeah, yeah, it's actually a very good point. The uh, Supreme Court has issued a new batch of rulings today. One of them, they have ordered Alabama to redraw their congressional districts. They ruled in flavor, uh, in flavor, in favor of uh, the group who had uh, sued and said that they needed another black majority district, which is not the way it was drawn. Uh, and the Supreme Court has ordered Alabama to go back and redraw the congressional districts in the state to uh, arrange it to where we have one more majority black district in Alabama. And, of course, as you know, it's a Supreme Court, so this argument is done now. Alabama's going to have to get, I don't know, if they'll, will they have to call a special session? I don't think there's a time limit on it. Maybe in the next regular session they could put it together and do it. But now you got to go through the whole process again of doing the studies and having the committee meetings and having the back and forth. This isn't going to happen right now. I would suspect they probably need to do their best to try to get it done before next year's elections. But they may try to claim, oh, well, it's just too quick. We can't possibly get it done before then, so we'll have to use our current ones, which could lead to another lawsuit. So we'll see. Supreme Court also ruled that uh, Jack Daniels can sue the dog toy company. I had not seen the actual toy. Have you seen it, Rhino? Bad Spaniels? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's an exact replica, almost, of the label. Jack Daniels Old Number 7 Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey. The dog toy says, Bad Spaniels, the old number two on your Tennessee carpet. Same font, same everything, with a picture of a Spaniel's head up at the top. They claimed First Amendment rights to free speech under the concept of parody. Uh, the problem is they were selling them for a profit. That's where they went wrong. If they had been handing them out, giving them away, if they had done this as a graphic and posted it on their Facebook page to have a little teehee and made no money off, okay, that would have been a different argument. They could have even jumped through hoops and put a little tag on it with a hologram and said, you're buying the collectible tag, and the dog toy comes for free. Absolutely free. We've seen that many times. Like the old blue laws. Yes. This apple cost $500, and it comes with a free TV. <laughs> Supplies are limited. Apples don't grow on trees. Well, it, it, the supplies are limited. Yeah. Uh, so that, that was a couple of the impactful rulings. The big one, of course, the Alabama ruling. So it's going to be interesting to watch the chaos unfold uh, as they try to figure out how to comply with the Supreme Court order. Because, again, no one left to argue with about it from either side. It's done. So it has to happen. Yeah, you can't take that to the Hague. No, no. You, Geneva is not interested. They don't care. You just got to do what you got to do. <sighs> they had some other ones. I haven't seen all of them yet. Looks like I've already screwed up. What? It's being reported now that tickets for every MLS match versus Inter-Miami across the whole U.S. have been completely sold out. There you go. Less than 24 hours. What, what, what happens when you snooze? 
What was you the, lose. Yeah, that's it. I think I think you may have lost. That's all right. I'm sure the secondary market will be very kind to you if you want to pick oh, up a yeah. few there. Uh, that we we have plenty of financing options available out there. Uh, if you have any property you could mortgage, that would be great. Going to need some collateral. I mean, on the bright side, it's not Taylor Swift tickets, so you're not going to have to sell your kidney. But still. I am a music fan. I have gone to many, many concerts in my life. Dating all the way back to when, you know, 20 bucks to get you a ticket to see a top-name act. I've been to several concerts recently. I got, I got two or three concerts I'm going to this year. I'm going to see Ghost, by the way. There you go. That's one of them. Uh, but... If you ever catch me excited to spend five, eight, ten thousand dollars per ticket to go to a concert, I am authorizing you in front of everybody to find the nearest heavy solid object and just start beating me about the head and shoulders because I have obviously become a danger to myself and others. I don't I don't love anybody that much. I mean, I'm cheap, but still, I just don't. We've got news from Fox, Super Talk, Mississippi News, and then Robert St. John joins us. It's time. We're talking Golden Eagle Super Regional. And now, and now. the talk that keeps Mississippi talking. That's what I like to listen to. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Here on Super Talk, Mississippi. Welcome back. Hour number two of Middays in the Element Well Studios. Dave Hughes in today in the big chair and joining us now on the show. Uh, he is an author. He is a Super Talk columnist, and I think he dabbles something in food. I'm not sure. Robert St. John joins us. How you doing today, Robert? Hey, Dave. How are you? Doing fantastic. I hadn't talked to you in a while, man. Yeah, it's been a little, been a little bit. So uh, good to be with you again. Now we're we're going to get to your your column in just a moment because I love that you're doing this and I love the first one, small town guy, because because you are at heart, right? Yeah, well, absolutely, absolutely. I grew up right here in Hattiesburg. About uh, I'm in my office, which is right on Hardy Street by uh, all of the restaurants in Midtown Hattiesburg, and I grew up probably four blocks south of here and currently live about eight blocks south of here. So this is my territory. And some people that live in smaller communities around the state may think, oh, he's in downtown Hattiesburg. That's not a small town. Oh, trust me. In the grand scheme of things, it's still got that small town attitude. But I would say probably this weekend, uh, I'm not sure Hattiesburg would qualify as a small town with the Super Regional coming into town this weekend. You, you're about to pack a lot of people in. Yeah, it's going to be a super weekend. We're so excited about that. And um, we got uh, the Tennessee Volunteers coming to town. And, uh, you know, we, uh, Southern, Southern Miss is such a vital part of this community. And, uh, you know, we have two universities here, Southern Miss and William Carey, and both of them. Uh, play a major role, but uh, none greater uh, than Southern Miss. I'm a, I'm a graduate. I'm an alumnus of uh, that college, and and uh, got my degree there. Grew up uh, supporting uh, Southern Miss, and, and we're just excited. The baseball team's made it this far. Got to take two of these and get to Omaha. 
that that's all it is and you know this is the year to do it they're kind of doing it as a gift to the coach it's the coach's last go around and they want to send him off in style and i think that adds something to it and i think it probably motivates them to almost play a little bit above their heads if that's possible they're a good team they're a spectacular team but i think they may even be bumping it up a notch above that uh, just because of the situation this year yeah, I agree with that. Scott Barry is so well respected, not only in this community, in this state, but across the nation uh, as a coach and what he's done and what he continues to do and uh, the way he lives his life and coaches his players. Uh, we are we're tickled to death. We uh, we hate to see him go, but we certainly understand uh, he's put in put in great time and really built that program as the most winning uh, winning coach. Uh, and history of this uh, this program here in, in Hattiesburg. Well, exactly. And let, let's talk for a moment, though, because we've gotten to have this conversation before about Oxford and about Starkville, but we, we haven't, I don't think, really focused on the, the Hattiesburg aspect of this. This is a huge economic boom this weekend for the city of Hattiesburg because we got a lot of people coming to town. We do, and we're excited about that. We're gearing up. Uh, we've got, uh, we're flying the flags, and we've got school spirit going at all six of our restaurants and bars here. And uh, we're looking for. We're only uh, a, a block uh, or so from campus. Uh, the Midtown or our breakfast lunch place is directly across from campus, and uh, the rest of the restaurants are here in Midtown, within a couple of blocks uh, from Southern Miss. So we're not far from the baseball stadium and uh the park there and and we, we look forward to all our out-of-town guests uh we we do not have an applebee's here in town any longer uh, much to the chagrin of the the uh, tennessee volunteers who uh were complaining a little bit i don't know if you saw that or not but they were complaining that uh hattiesburg didn't have an applebee's and we kind of we kind of looked at that as a feather in our cap but um we got a lot of great uh locally owned independent restaurants and bars here in town that I think they're going to be happy once they get here. Well, I'm 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 I know I'm about to start something but I don't care. Uh if you haven't been to Crescent City Grill, what are you doing with your life? Huh. <laughs> I mean, it's Well, Dave, you're obviously and with good taste. So thank you for that. <laughs> uh, we, we make trips over to Hattiesburg all the time, my wife and I, to go and eat there. And we, we have made trips specifically just to go there to eat and then leave uh, town. So, yeah, you don't have to do any sales job there. And I, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but with this special super regional weekend, I, I believe that Robert has a special deal going at all his restaurants where if you order something off the menu, he will charge you the menu price. It, it, it's incredible. Yeah, that, I like I like your kind of deals, Dave. We need to we need to work together more often. Yeah, we'll yeah. put you in the marketing department. It's all about the promotion, baby. It's all about how you position the deal. That, that's all it is. Uh, now, let, yeah. let's get back to your column. I, it is really cool that you're doing this column for us uh, here at Supertalk. You can go to supertalk.fm and find it right there, uh, the Robert St. John column. And, and uh, what were your thoughts about starting this? Were you excited? Were you like, I don't know if I want to mess with this? What, what was your thought process there? Well, to be honest with you, I've been writing that column uh, since 1998. Um, so I am, uh, whatever that is, 25 years in. I've never missed a week. 
a thousand words a week. This week was was certainly more than a thousand words. But um, yeah, it was. Uh, I've been syndicated since uh, the late '90s there, and uh, the guys from Super Talk called and and wanted to start running it. And uh, as the newspaper business is uh, kind of headed south lately, I was happy. Um, to hop on with you guys and uh, you know I'm a longtime listener of what y'all do I'm a big fan got a lot of friends that work up there um, uh, we need this state needs a statewide uh, broadcast media uh, radio station multiple radio stations like what you have um, and everything you're doing I'm 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 a hundred percent behind so it was an easy sell for me when they called I said absolutely I'd love to be on you know I want to pull something out that you just said and, and I, I want to focus on it for a second because you made the comment you've been doing it since the 90s thousand words a week uh, never missed a week I want to make sure people realize how significant that is and I'm gonna ask you a question here I just want to see what your response is uh, that sounds easier than it is some weeks, especially, right? Well, I tell you what. Early, you know, I got a call from uh, from the local newspaper here in ninety seven, ninety eight, whenever it was. And they said we want you to start writing a food column, and I and I said no, probably four or five times, and they kept calling, and finally I gave in. Uh, I was uh, I was almost forty years old when I really started writing. Early on, it was it was bad. I, 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 I cringe a little when I go read the early stuff. But after a few years, I started you know I started kind of uh, enjoying it. And then other newspapers started calling, and uh, we were I think in thirty two newspapers at the height of the, of that newspaper business. I think we're still in like twenty four twenty five. But yeah, it's a. I tell you, I've never really. I get that question a lot, and, and people think, uh, you know, you'll have writer's block or something like that. But what I do, I learned early on, and uh, what I, early on, I would have an idea, and I'd go, oh, I need to write about that next week. And then I would forget about it totally. And then two years later, it would come, oh, yeah, I was going to write about that. So now what I do, what I've been doing uh, for the last, I don't know, 15, 18 years, is anytime I have a thought. I'll be eating somewhere or I'll be talking with someone. They'll remind me of something when I was a kid. Because I, I really just write about food and travel and growing up in the South and, and family and friends and things like that. And so I'll just uh, I'll open the notes feature on my phone. I'll, I've got a title column. And then I'll just randomly put three or four lines in there. And so Monday morning when I sit down at 5 a.m. and write the column every week, I'll go if if there, there's some I don't know what I'm writing about this week. I'll open up my notes feature, just type in the search bar column, and there's probably 300 ideas. And I went, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna write about that. So that's that's how that works. I've really never had a a problem, and I can do it from wherever you know where where I'm working overseas or traveling here or you know wherever. It's really cool to have your column on our site. Uh, because you are, a, yeah, I know the the latest one is you know small town guy. You're a Mississippi guy all the way to the bone, and that's what makes it, I think, so cool that that we have your column on now. Well, you know, I feel you know the Texans always kind of take pride in being from Texas or whatever. I will tell you that you take that kind of pride and multiply it by about three, and that's how I feel about uh, being from Mississippi. And uh, whether wherever I am across the country, um, you know, uh, I, I never hesitate 
to reel off, I've got a laundry list of writers and artists and people that influence uh, culture, not only in America, but all over the world, uh, who have come from this state. And I'm gonna tell you, when the, when the signs went up, Birthplace of America's Music uh, at the state uh, borders, at first I was a little cynical about that. And as I get that, it's a PR move. But I was working over in Italy and somebody asked me where I was from, and, and I started reeling off Mississippi. And I said, I'm just a little north of New Orleans, and they, oh, jazz. I said, yeah. So I connected with them on music. I said, yeah. And I, I was born in a hospital right on the side of Highway 49. If you go on Highway 49 up to the Delta, it crosses 61. That's where the blues was born. And if you believe Muddy Waters, and I do, that the blues had a baby and they named the baby rock and roll, you go a little east. You go to Tupelo, and that's where the king of rock and roll, Elvis, and these people just lit up. And I was about halfway down Highway 45. Hold on. We got to- Middays with Gerard Garrett. What? This is so awesome. On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Super Talk Mississippi Middays live in the Element Well studio. You were on a roll. I really hated to interrupt you, but we came up on a break and I didn't have a choice. You were going, man. I was just going to let you go with yeah. it. Uh, because I, I knew in the back of my mind, I knew you were due for a break, but I kept going because I figured I'd get some signal, but I, I wasn't surprised at us. So what I was saying is I was talking to these people in Italy who had no idea really about Mississippi other than there's a river over here named Mississippi. And I was really, I told them uh, all the blues artists, all the rock and roll musicians. Um, and then I was about to explain Jimmy Rogers from Meridian, Mississippi, who's the grandfather of country music, when it really hit me, and I had been cynical about it, really hit me. This really is the birthplace of America's music. And the Europeans know it way better than we do, and they recognized it way before we did. But if you think about um, music and American popular music and rock and roll and blues and country music, that is appreciated all over the world, and then it comes from the people in our state. Um, it makes you. It, it makes me proud, and I'm gonna tell you, uh, the Europeans look at us as a very exotic land over here, and we sometimes can't see the forest for the pine trees. But you know, this is a this is a great place. This is a great state, and um, you know, uh, certainly problems in the past, but we've moved past that. And uh, we're, you know, it's a new day, and uh, this is a great place to be and a great place to live. One of the best-kept secrets in the country, if you ask me. Well, and I think your story illustrates something perfectly, because when, when you live with something every day, when you grow up with it, when you're just immersed in it, you sometimes lose sight of just how special things can be where you're at, whether it be your city, whether it be your state, whatever, until you step outside of it, like you're talking about in that story, and somebody else reminds you, wow, you're you're from an incredible place. We take it for granted, don't we? Yeah, and we have friends from Italy that come visit us all the time, and they love it. And the one thing about I mean, you can go to maybe North Carolina, Virginia, Look at some beautiful mountains, and they're beautiful countryside there. You can go to Florida Panhandle, and you got sugar white sand beaches. But, you know, I think what we have, other than the culture, 
and the food is the people. And that's what it is. You know, I could I could move and go wake up, you know, and see a mountain view every morning, but but I would be uh, so far away from, I'm, I'm like sixth, seventh generation in this part of the world. And this is where my roots are. This is where my family is. This is where my friends are. This is where my businesses are. You know, we planted our flag in Midtown Hattiesburg and, uh, and you know, they're gonna take me out of here on a pine box. So. Well, and I think it's important sometimes uh, because that that's the other part of this whole process. You're talking about friends from Italy, Italy, going to Italy and talking to them, and it really driving home just how special Mississippi is. Uh, sometimes we have to step out of this box a little bit. It, it's kind of a, an offshoot of the old rule, you, you, you can't miss it until it's gone. Uh, until you get out yeah. of it, you don't realize what we really have here, and I think we take it for granted. And that's an important message to get out, I think, sometimes and remind everyone of. Yeah, I think Mississippi uh, still, we are subject to a lot of the stereotypical uh, things from our past that held us back and held us down, and rightfully so in the past. And and a lot of times, um, people from outside of Mississippi, uh, whether you're on East Coast or West Coast, whether you're in Europe, um, you know, they're still buying into this media stuff that's going out. and And when they meet the people, and I do tours and work uh, overseas part of the year, and and that's what I've learned is that the Europeans who meet these people I bring over uh, from Mississippi and, and really all over the South, uh, once they get to know those people, it's it's like man, this is this is nothing like what I've seen in the movies or on TV. You know, it's these people are, are real and genuine and hospitable and fun, and um, that's. It's just, uh, it's a surprise to them sometimes, but uh, that's why a lot of them come over here and visit Mississippi when when most Europeans are going to New York, Miami, Las Vegas, and Los Angeles. So. Again, you can go to supertalk.fm and read Robert St. John's column. Uh, are we? Is it weekly that you're sending it to us? Yeah, it's weekly. weekly uh, yeah, yeah, it uh, comes out every Wednesday, I believe. Y'all run it on Wednesdays, different uh, outlets run at different days, and uh, there's always a uh, you know photograph and always a recipe attached. And uh, I, I love doing it. I'm happy uh, to be a part of the Super Talk family, of which I've been a fan uh, for a long time. Well, now you are one of us, so congratulations. You're stuck with us. <laughs> We're thrilled I, I, to have you. Hey, yeah. We are thrilled yeah. to have you. It's a great thing. Go check it out. Go to supertalk.fm, and you can read Robert St. John's column. Uh, Golden Eagles, uh, you know the expression. I need to get it from you. Southern Miss, what? To the top. That's it. That's what I was looking for exactly. Robert St. John, always enjoy talking to you, man. Keep up the good work. Looking forward to seeing your column every week at supertalk.fm. Thanks, Dave. Have a good day, buddy. You Go too. Eagles. Go Eagles. I, th- I think everybody, you know, I saw, did, did you see that the guys in the afternoon on Sports Talk ran a Twitter poll asking people if they were an Ole Miss or a State fan, if they were pulling for the Golden Eagles uh, in, in the college baseball playoffs? It wasn't 100%. It was like 30-something percent said, nah, come on, come on. We, we have literally one dog in the hunt. This is it. 
and they, they're blowing that out of the water so far. They're doing a great job. Got the Super Regional this weekend. Everybody needs to get on board and support them. Now, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I I am a former and current Golden Eagle. I attended classes. I'm not going to claim I passed them, but I attended classes at USM. So there's a little bit of a Homer attitude involved here. But the, no, no one has an excuse in Mississippi to not support and root for the Golden Eagles in the Super Regional this weekend. I mean, who are you pulling for? Tennessee? Don't, don't even start down that path. So everybody needs to come together. I, I watched that poll with interest, and when the results came in, I just sat there shaking my head going, no, this cannot be. I mean, it can, and it made sense that that's the way it turned out. Doesn't mean I have to like it. So everybody needs to be behind the Golden Eagles all the way to the tippy top. I'm changing it. Southern Miss to the tippy top. Let's get them to Omaha. Let's get Coach Barry some jewelry, something for the mantle to take home. And then we can smile and just just put a bow on it and move on. Not asking much. Just just a national championship. That's, that's all we're asking. <laughs> Not asking much. <sighs> Mississippi three-peat. Why not? I I don't think anybody in the state would be upset if we just rotated it around, right? Every every three years or so, we just rotate it through the three big universities. Why not? Is there anybody better? Well, not for the last few years. So, yes, I like that. Martha texted in, hello, Dave and Rhino. I support every Mississippi team, so yes, go Eagles, but spelled go like you would be saying go Tigers. I'm okay with this message. I I support this message. I'm fine with that. Darren and Jackson, when do the tickets go on sale to see Dave Hughes live? They never took me up on the offer to put bleachers in the studio here for a live studio audience. You know, the the expense of hiring somebody to frisk them for the rotten fruits and vegetables before they let them in is probably what stopped that idea. Can't say that I blame them, because they could run into some money. Then you got to dispose of it once you collect all the rotten tomatoes they were planning to throw it, it's it's a process, and I think I think it's not so much the initial outlay; it's the upkeep that would have been the trouble with that. Thomas, can I get free tickets? I might be overcharging you if I gave you free ones. We will continue. I keep checking the news. I never know when another ridiculous Supreme Court decision is going to come down or an indictment is going to start flying. It's that kind of day. We'll continue. We have other stuff to talk about, including, oh, I'm, I'm going to get, uh, <clears throat> going to be real popular in the next segment, Rhino. Just go ahead and give you a heads up there. But, calling it like I see it. <laughs> okay, Thomas, that's a good one. 
That's a good one. Send a meme says, visit Memphis for the music. Stay because your car was stolen. That's a good one. Full props, dude. Full props. We continue live in the Element Well Studios on middays right after this. It's time for Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi, the Element Wealth Studios Middays. Dave Hughes here. Marty from Tupelo on the C Spire text line 601 879 4395. Could we get Rhino to try some edibles on air and test the effects? If you want three segments on one piece interspersed with uncontrollable giggling, yeah, let's go down that road. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't know. But it's kind of the same idea. I don't know if you remember this. I, I haven't heard of anybody doing this in a while. Uh, you know, to to do a drunk driving awareness thing on the radio, you would get one of the people that's on the air and sit them down, and there would be a law enforcement officer there to give them a ride home, and they'd just drink on the air. They'd have a certain amount that they would drink, and they would let them talk, which always, always tightened the tidy whities of management when they were doing this promotion because, yeah, I, I participated in a couple of those early in my career. I was never the one drinking because they already didn't trust me in front of a microphone sober. So they didn't want to go down that road. So this would be in that same vein. We need to work on this, Rhino. I've done that not on the air, but I've done the uh, – they call it storm training, sobriety trained officers representing Mississippi. Yeah. Where they, they come pick you up at a location and then take you to another location and the police officers serve you drinks and get you to a certain blood alcohol content level and then they train the rookie officers on how to react to and recognize the symptoms of being drunk. That was always entertaining. So So, you know spend a day being a lab rat basically but it serves a purpose oh yeah i mean you can talk about this you can read about it in textbooks all you want but until you actually deal with one i proved that you yeah. could blow a point one seven and still walk a straight line so you gotta be a little bit stricter on the the tests yep you blew a wait did you say 0.17? Oh, okay. I thought you said 1.7, and no, I was no, no, about no, no, to no, say, no. why are you alive? How are you still here? That was funny, though, because I walked the line, and the rookie was like, oh, you must be one of the controls, and moved on to the next one, and the, the officer in charge was like, hey, and held up my little sheet with the readout from the breathalyzer. He's like, check him again. Ceasefire text line Jeff and Carrollton says, definitely pulling for the Eagles. Thankful they're playing another Southern team instead of some Yankee team. He makes a good point here. He says, it seems every time a Yankee comes to Mississippi, they tend to stay or worse, go home and tell their friends how great Mississippi is, and it causes a Yankee immigration problem. We love all of the Yankees that come to Mississippi. We particularly love uh, their, their, their sales tax. 
it's it gives me a warm feeling inside when they come down here and spend a bunch of money and then go home. It's the going home part that I know some people are like, nah, but it's a playful, nah. it's not really serious. Uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah, WKRP in Cincinnati. Yep, they did that, which most of them, you know, in, in character, not for real, well, maybe for real, were, were drunk while they were doing their shows most of the time anyway, so can't wet an ocean, even though they tried. I'm just saying there might be some merit to this. This is still a hot topic. This is still up for discussion. I, I'm just saying I think this would be interesting. Might have a, a very good idea from Marty and Tupelo. Uh, and just to let you know, if that did ever happen, if that does ever come about to where we work something out, where we actually get a test subject and put them on the air and give them edibles to see what effect it has, if it goes great, we had a wonderful idea. If it goes horribly wrong, Marty, how dare you? That uh, Just to lay out the, the, the plan of how that's going to go. Did you expect anything differently? Come on, that's how you work it, right? <sighs> yeah. Do you hear what Gavin Newsom has proposed, governor of California? Oh, the new amendment? Yes. Yeah. He wants the 28th Amendment to the Constitution to restrict gun rights. So he wants to put an amendment in to restrict another amendment. I mean, it's been done before. Yeah. But you think? that was after the failed experiment of prohibition. <sighs> prohibition still is the standard bearer for why limiting anything doesn't work. If you don't believe me, look at how many drug laws we have and ask me how the drug problem's going. Because again, I get on this all the time on, on the Pike County show. We keep focusing on the process instead of the results. In just about every category, especially when it comes to politically, legally, whatever, we don't say, we want to reduce drugs and then figure out how to do it. Sometimes it's trial and error. You try something, it doesn't work. What happens then? You try something else. I would dare anyone to look me in the eye and tell me what we're doing and we've been doing for the past few decades has worked with a straight face. I mean, if you say it while you're laughing, I'm going to be laughing with you because look around. This isn't hypothetical. Do we have a drug problem? You think? Maybe? Do we want it gone? Yep. Well, some part of what we're doing is not working because it's getting worse instead of better. But we don't try anything different. This is based solely on results, not the process. we got to figure out a way to get the results we want. And if what we're doing doesn't get us there, we got to figure out what does. And then do it. Not sit around and argue about it for the next eight years, about whether or not it's a good idea or anyone's going to score any political points. I want the junkies off the street. Period. Don't care how it happens. Meanwhile, in New York, they're setting up vending machines to give out free crack pipes. Yes, and that's stupid in the other direction. 
Oh, yeah, that's going to take care of that. That's going to make things so much better. Again, focusing on the process, not focusing on the result we want, and then working towards it. We're doing that across the political spectrum, across the legal spectrum, across the board. We need to figure out what's going to make it stop and then stop it. But that's too easy. That's too simple, right? That's what you're told. And is it an easy, simple problem? No. Not at all. It's complex. But we spend so much time arguing over how we should do things that we never get anything done. So we take law enforcement, we tie their hands. We take the courts, we tie their hands. And then we don't get the results we want. We're like, well, let's let's tie their feet, too. Not no. We have to come up with a way to achieve our goals. You go to any company in America, you have a goal. If it's a sales-oriented business, which all are to one extent or another, in one way or another, you have a sales goal. You have a certain amount you're trying to get to. And the really smart managers and bosses don't care how you get there as long as you do. As long as it's legitimate process, uh, uh, progress, as long as it's, you know, you can't go back to your office and just fake up some forms, turn them in. You get the actual sales. You get the actual result. Well, you 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 didn't use the right color ink in your pen when you were filling this out, so we have a problem. No, we don't. You set a goal, you achieve the goal. That's the entire discussion, or it should be, but it's not. The entire discussion now is, well, they've got a good idea, but I don't agree with them on a bunch of other stuff, so that's obviously a bad idea, too. No. You take ideas from anyone and everyone. Try the ones you think will work. See if they do. If they don't, you try something else. That, that's the process with anything in life, Right? That's how babies learn to walk. That's how basic this concept is, and we have completely let it go. So now, and that's why I said that that way, Gavin Newsom wants to put a new amendment in the Constitution to limit the Second Amendment to the Constitution because he knows he would never have any support for eliminating the Second Amendment. So let's just put another one in here to get rid of that one so that I can get what I would... That is needlessly, overly convoluted, complicated, and an incredibly stupid idea. Seems to be the only kind of ideas Newsom has nowadays. Yes, he has really gone around the corner. Far down the road. He's out in the undiscovered country right now. You know what amazes me? I don't know if you've seen him announce any of these things. The press conference where he announced this one had his chest poked out, beaming with pride, like a four-year-old that came home from daycare with a finger-painted picture that they say is a horse, but you're pretty sure it's something that, you know, you well, a horse would leave in the field. And they come home with their chest poked out so proud we ain't dealing with a four-year-old. Don't brag on them and put it on the fridge. Say, well, that's stupid. Well, we don't do that. We continue on Super Talk 3.
Come on. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. All right, we are back on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi. Dave Hughes here, live in the Element Wealth Studios on a Thursday morning. Last I checked, just a couple of minutes ago, I haven't seen any news breaking right now. We had the Supreme Court things this morning. Not much right this second. I feel like this is one of those weeks where we're going to get a dump of something tomorrow afternoon, about 4 o'clock our time. 3.59 p.m., 4.59 Eastern, a whole bunch of stuff will break, and then everybody will scurry out the door. Probably they will schedule the release emails to go out and then leave about 10 minutes before they do and turn their phones off. I just have a feeling it's going to be that kind of week. There's been talk of, you know, the indictment being done today and everything else. And I said this back at the beginning, I'm not sure we're going to find out about that today. Even if it does happen today, that that smells like a Friday afternoon news hole story for the, the DA to me. Maybe wrong, but that's what it sounds like. That's what it feels like to me. Of course, now that I've said that, the announcement will be forthcoming any moment. I have a, phones will start dinging right about now. Yes, yeah, so I, I have a pretty good track record on this, so yeah, that's, that's how it's going to happen. Uh, did you know we have a poet laureate? For the country? Yeah. Yeah? Who is it? Couldn't tell you. Yeah, that, that's the problem. It's one of those appointed positions. I, do they get paid? Surely not. I wouldn't think so, but eh, depends on who's... You know, relative they are, possibly. Uh, The poet laureate has written a poem that's going to be engraved on the side of NASA's Europa Clipper mission. The ship is going to go out, and it's going to do a whole bunch of flybys by Jupiter's moon Europa. And they got her to write this poem... Uh, and in, they're engraving it on the side of the ship. It's going to launch next year. You can also go sign up, by the way, and have your name engraved on the side of it as well. Uh, and if you're not excited by that prospect, yeah, uh, the poem. Your name could go to space. Yes, because nobody else has that. My name is Dave. I'm going to be hard to pick out from Jupiter based on that. (sighs) Ada Limon, by the way, is the official poet laureate. She was appointed last year uh, to be the official poet of the country. I, I get that it's prestigious and it's exciting for the person named, and does anybody else ever notice? Does anybody else ever have any idea that that person exists and has a title? Oh, I'm sure there's some professor at some college somewhere with all the poet laureates 
portraits on the wall of their office. Yeah. Apparently, they uh, on the C Spire text line from the 601, yes, they get paid. It's like $40,000, and they're appointed by the Library of Congress. So they do get paid. Forty grand to write, what, seven poems a year? Well, that's my question. What does that work out to an hour for them? And Better than lawyer pay. More importantly, where do I apply? <laughs> I would like to express my interest. I cannot believe I'm about to say this sentence. This is a beaut. 40-plus year career in broadcasting. I have never said this out loud, much less into a microphone. I would like to find out more about how I could become the Poet Laureate of the United States of America. By the way, anybody worried about sending their name up to Europa on the spaceship engraved on the outside? You're worried? Now, haven't you been paying attention? All the aliens are here. They're not going to see it. So you're safe. Forty thousand. Where does the forty thousand come from? See, now we start digging deep into this. Yes, I know Library of Congress. Who funds the Library of Congress? So you keep digging back through the levels. Are you paying for a poet laureate, or does it come out of late fees? <laughs> Is that what those are for? That dime a day adds up, buddy. That's a very good point. I mean, it doesn't really cost a quarter for a page on the printer at the, at the no, library. No. Toner and ink are expensive, but they're not that expensive. That was a very good point. <sighs> we are creatures of constant awe, it says. That's a line from the poem. I have the entire poem here, but that's all I'm going to read because reasons. When we come back after news from Fox and Super Talk Mississippi News, Don McVeigh joins us. We're going to talk business and specifically how it's going next. Welcome to the show that challenges you to think deeply deeply. and look beyond political posturing. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, Super Talk Mississippi. Dave Hughes live in the Element Well Studios on middays, and joining us now, the Mississippi and Louisiana Director for the National Federation of Independent Small Business, Dawn McVeigh, here on the show. How are you doing today, Dawn? Hey, good afternoon. I'm doing well. How are you guys? Not bad. Not bad at all. Now let, let's get right into it. Uh, and probably, I think, the, the, the most pertinent question that I could ask to start with is, how's the labor shortage going for small businesses? Has that improved at all? No. 
<laughs> the short answer is no. And um, that's the show. It's, it's Good night, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the answer. We're done. Uh, we're, we're, seeing, we're seeing record low unemployment <laughs> numbers. But it, it it still seems like that we just can't find enough people to to fill the positions. Why is that, do you think? Yeah, the small firms are still, small businesses are still uh, struggling. You know, they've increased pay. We have um, 41% of small business owners reporting that they have increased their compensation. Another 20% planning to over the next few months. Uh, so they realize they have to be competitive, offer, you know, what they can and benefits and that sort of thing. It's just, you know, it just kind of continues to be a struggle. They have folks that are not coming in for interviews. They have folks that are not coming in for, uh, to show up for work regularly, just with, you know, the basic soft skills. So the unemployment numbers are down, but the workforce participation continues to be a challenge. And so, um, you know, they have, they have, positions that they just can't fill and some of it is skilled labor uh we are seeing that as well and so um about 38 percent of owners reported openings for skilled labor uh so that that's a that's a pretty pretty good chunk of folks that they would need some type of training you know or certificate that sort of thing um those are in the construction transportation and manufacturing industries those are reporting the highest number of job openings well, nationally, there's been a lot of discussion about this, and one of the things that I keep seeing being suggested is that part of this problem, there is no one single cause of this problem, but part of it is we had a lot of people in, in the older age range of the workforce uh, had to go home during the pandemic, never came back. They, they liked having those feet propped up and said, you know what, I'm, it's time, I'm done. And when you have the largest generation that came along for 100 years in the country start retiring, just by sheer headcount, there's not enough people to fill those spots. Is that part of the problem? I think that's definitely part of the problem. We continue to see these different, you know, numbers that are coming out over, you know, what has happened to to the workforce. Where has it gone? People have moved. People have started their own businesses. People have you know, decided that they just want to work for themselves. You know, you see more and more people, young people doing things like Uber driving, DoorDash driving, you know, those sorts of things on their own schedule uh, because that's that's what they want. And so uh, that's, but that's ultimately the challenge because for small businesses, you know, they're people intensive, you know, you need human capital to, to get your doors open and, and serve your customers, whether it be, you know, uh, auto mechanic shop or whether it be a retail shop or a restaurant, you know, the whole gamut. If you think of the day to day things that you use as a small uh, that are owned by small businesses. So, you know, it, it does require people. And so uh, I think that, yeah, as we look to train up this next generation, we need to be sure we have them um, focused on opportunities to, to get into the workforce. Well, exactly. And let's go back to something you said a second ago, uh, talking about how small businesses have realized they have to be competitive, so they're raising the wages. Well, you got to do that to get the people to show up, the, the ones that you want to show up, the ones that are going to show up and do a good job. You have to raise the wages. When you raise the wages, that money has to come from somewhere, which means prices are going to go up. And now we're talking about inflation all of a sudden, and that's a contributor to this, isn't it? It certainly has been, you know, our members 
took the the inflation hit when it hit you know last year it was really like okay this this is really happening it's not going away and so it was like okay we have to really look at raising our prices the, because it was looking very unsustainable um it's i guess leveled out to some extent but labor costs have certainly factored into that p that whole piece of the pie uh, as far as the cost of doing business and so um and you know the other part is small business owners want to you know want to be competitive with their wages and their compensation and benefits because not only do they want people to come to work, they want people to stay. You know, small businesses are most a lot of family-owned businesses and are run like family-owned businesses, and so they don't want to have to hire and rehire. And you know, it's a vicious cycle uh, for a small business owner to go through all that. So they want to attract good people and keep them. You know, um, and, and keep them there and, and have them grow with them. So it, it definitely is a factor in the inflation piece. You see. Um, you know, you see our small business owners reporting that that's, you know, still still an issue, although it's not the number one concern uh, any longer. Uh, inflation being, you know, is not. And so that's that's positive, I think. But they did get to a point where they couldn't raise prices anymore. You know, it, you can only do that so much before you r drive away customers or, you know, you just can't. It's not sustainable in your community. You know, you know that your people in, you know, rural Mississippi cannot afford a constant, you know, price increase. Uh, or whatever the good in service is. So it's a tough decision for a small business owner to make is like, how much do you, you know, pass along and how much do you eat? And, you know, and then how do you keep everything running and keep it uh, keep the doors open? Well, and that also leads very quickly to small business owners asking the question, how do I eat? Uh, forget how much of this cost I have to eat. I have to put groceries in my fridge, too. So it's a complex problem, and it seems like over the last year or two, the hits have been coming from all directions. I'm going to veer in a weird direction, so just stick with me, Don. This isn't your first rodeo. You know how this goes. There has been a lot of talk about uh, doing away with TikTok because it's so horrible. What do you hear from your members, small business owners? Are they using TikTok? Is it a part of their business? Would this be an impact to them if it were to suddenly go away? You know, we don't hear a lot about TikTok, I have to say specifically, but I, I can tell you that a, a lot of our uh, small, small shops that are retail or can do what they do online had move to really developing really kind of getting in the business of of selling on social media via instagram and facebook uh during covid and so they really did you know bolster their websites bolster their social media presence but i gotta tell you the TikTok. i don't hear our members using TikTok. i really don't you know and there's still not a ton of them you know even on social media they don't they don't have time <laughs> We don't have time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we can all admit that we've gotten down a rabbit hole on social media and lost hours of our lives, you know, but we, um, business, small business owners just don't have time for that. So, but they have, you know, but they did use that because it be, really became a marketplace. And so you had during COVID, you know, you saw a lot of retailers starting to offer, uh, you know, curbside pickup and, you know, order online. We'll have it ready for you or ship it to you and that sort of thing. And so they really have, uh, adapted in that way and i think that's very positive and you know hopefully we wouldn't see that go away because uh you know being able to use those online platforms are are, are very positive for small business owners that have the wherewithal to set it up and, and follow through with it 
but TikTok specifically, I would say, but um, I, I don't hear our members talking much about it. Would you think it's a fair statement to say that, uh, and, and don't get me wrong, a small business, when you're running one, when you start one, when you're operating it, is a daily battle. But would it be fair to say that small businesses have dealt with enough rocks thrown at their head over the last year or two? They need a break right now, just in general. Yeah, I think everybody would like a nice long summer vacation, but that's that's definitely not how it goes uh, for a small business owner. So, yeah, I think they, you know, it'd be nice to not have all of the things coming at you and finally get to a point where they can really focus on, you know, where do things stand now with the business model? We had a lot of, uh, you know, folks that had to readjust their business model during COVID and, you know, address and adapt and, and overcome. And so the ones that are still still alive and kicking and have their doors open, yeah, they could they could use a little break from the perspective of different uh, different things coming at them. But I think there's, you know, some positive things. You know, we talked about the, you know, full expensing that happened uh, in the state. Well, I think we lost her. Well, I, I will have to say, th- this sounds horrible, but good timing. Dawn, you dropped out for a second, but you know what? We're at the end of the segment, so I, I thought you did it on purpose. So sorry. No, that was, that was perfectly timed. You dropped out, and the, Technological. The, the bumper started. The bumper music started to go under the break. I was like, she has a copy of our schedule. How did she do that? Fantastic. Dawn, always enjoy talking to you. Keep up the good work. And uh, tell the small business owners in Mississippi that we'll see them soon. Yes, absolutely. Keep up the great work and go support your small businesses, especially this summer. 100%. Thank you so much, Dawn. Dawn, the Mississippi and Louisiana Director of the National Federation of Independent Small Businesses. Go find you a small business you've never walked into and walk in. That's my that's my plan for you for the weekend. Covering the stories that matter most to Mississippians. Gerard Gibbert, Middays with Gerard. Super Talk Mississippi. I am proud to announce uh, Fox News story 30 minutes ago settled any and all further political debates for the year. It's done. It's over. Alicia Silverstone has endorsed RFK Jr. and said she's no longer a Democrat. Okay, we're done. That's all we were waiting on, right? The star of Clueless to let us know who she was supporting. That That's important knowledge, right? She was also Batgirl. Uh, well, yeah. Was it Batgirl or Batwoman? I can't remember which one it was in that one. Uh, I think Batgirl. Yeah, that was with Clooney. Yeah. The forgettable one. Yeah, that would be the one, yeah. The, the one that shall not be named. It's the Voldemort of the Batman franchise. Says she has swapped over and she's now registered as an independent voter. I'm A couple of things here. Number one, I'm telling you, keep your eye on RFK Jr., yeah, he's got some out-there ideas and opinions, but just keep an eye on him. So did Bernie Sanders, and he caused some problems for the Democrats. So just keep your eye on him. Remember, I told you that. It could get interesting before it's uh, done. Yes, Jason, that's exactly the one. Nice to see you. 
Jeez. Is that in every contract Arnold signs that he must make bad puns? Oh, you didn't hear about his, uh, he's got a Netflix documentary or something yes. where he's talking about movies he's worked on in the past. And apparently he had a dust up with James Cameron while filming The Terminator because he wanted to change the line from I'll be back to I will be back because he thought it sounded more like a machine. To which James Cameron responded, are you the writer? Shut up. <laughs> and I get his point, but it wouldn't have been a catchphrase then. It didn't have the rhythm. It didn't have the flow to it. He but, also said that uh, he was in the running with one other person for the Terminator. Who? O.J. Simpson. <laughs> but nobody would believe that O.J. was a killer. If the glove does not fit. Yeah. Yeah, he couldn't sell it. Obviously, nobody in the court believed he was a killer, right? So Cameron had a point, apparently. But with uh, the political earthquake that is Alicia Silverstone swapping to being an independent, because again, I cannot overstate how important that is to all of our lives on a daily basis, where Alicia Silverstone falls on the issues. That That's something that keeps me up at night, I'm going to be honest. Uh, we're going to have to hose all of the sarcasm out of the studio when I get done here. Interesting Gallup poll that I want to point out a couple of things about. They do this every year. They've been doing this poll every year uh, for a long time, decades, asking people where they fall on the political spectrum. You got five choices. Very conservative, conservative, independent, liberal, or very liberal. They've been doing this forever. The latest numbers are out. Take a guess. Just, just take a guess. What percentage of Americans identify as conservative or very conservative? You add them both together. 42%. Uh, you're, you're in the neighborhood. You're in the neighborhood. Very close. The actual number, 44%. What percentage identified as liberal are very liberal? 55. 21. Oh, wow. They have lost a lot of ground. Uh, actually, they've gained a little ground. If you look Ow. at it, this this go uh, from 2000 till now... Uh, but here's the thing. 44% said conservative, one of the two choice conservative choices. 21% said one of the liberal choices. More than twice the number of people that identify as liberal identify as conservative. More than twice. 44 is more than double 21. So several things here. So we're the ones under attack and in danger of losing everything? The number went up, by the way, from last year, even, of people that identify as conservative. So 
We have the clear, we've already lapped the liberals and are building on the lead, and we're in trouble. That's what you're told. Something doesn't add up there. But here's the other thing, and I've talked about this before, and we don't pay nearly enough attention to this. 44 plus 21 is what? 65? Yes, which means 35% of the people identify as an independent, like Alicia Silverstone now. 35%, which is way more than the number that identify as liberal. Independents are the second biggest political group in the country. Nobody goes after them. No, it's us versus them. Non-stop, the shill war that we get sold all day, every day, between number one and number three. And that war continues to push everybody to the edges, push everybody to the extremes, getting further and further away from the second biggest self-identified political group in the country. Does that make any sense? Am I Although missing this something? is self-identifying. Yes. So it's understandable if you would think at least a portion of that 35% in the middle is self-identifying as something other than they would actually be considered. Yeah. Depends on their opinion. Depends on what. Same thing. There's, I guarantee you, some of those people that identified as conservatives, if you really looked at them and in the right light and squinted, they would look more liberal. Some of those liberals would look a little bit more conservative than you might admit. So, yeah, there's some wiggle room on all of these numbers. But there's not enough wiggle room to discount 21% liberal, 35% independent, 44% conservative. Why is everybody so worried and catering so hard to third place? Squeaky wheel gets the grease. <sighs> Squeaky wheel gets replaced. Eventually. You take it off and put a new one on. That's why I subscribe to the pendulum theory. Yes. That reality can only swing so far out to the left or right before reality kicks back in and pulls it back to the middle. Yeah. Well, got a question here. So how did Joe get elected? Maybe some people have a different understanding of the word liberal. Well, you have to understand the meaning of the word independent. Every last one of them. One election, they'll vote one way. The next election, they'll vote the other one. They don't vote based on the letter and the parentheses after the name. That is the definition of an independent. They don't just slavishly follow one party or the other. They, they It changes from election to election. That's why the key to winning an election is appealing to the independents, the second biggest political group in America when it comes to the voters. That's who you have to win over. You don't have to prove you're better than the other side. You've got to convince the ones in the middle that you're the one that they should be voting for. Not preaching to the choir. You've got to sell yourself to the independents. The second, according to this Gallup poll that they have been doing for decades, the second biggest political group in America. Why would you not go for the second biggest political group in America? You know why? Because they don't buy into the talking points. I don't know. I would argue that there's got to be a sizable chunk of self-identifying independents that are the people that 
don't tune into politics until the week or two before the election. Yes. Then they make up their mind based on whatever they see, and they go with it. Yes. I think you're exactly right. And there's a certain amount of people that just don't care one way or the other. I do find it interesting that what was the turnout in the last presidential election two years ago in America, percentage-wise? What was the percentage turnout? I think it was like 60-something percent of the people that actually showed up to the polls and voted. Out of registered voters, obviously. Out of the approximately 240 million people who were eligible to vote in 2020, in the 2020 presidential election, roughly 66% of them submitted ballots. Hmm. So 35% in, uh, identify as independents and 34% of the population didn't vote. Huh, what a coincidence! When you make it us versus them on the extremes on either side, the middle part checks out! The first candidate to figure out how to appeal to them wins in a landslide. But we don't want to talk about that because it's not easy to boil it down to talking points and get the choir fired up. That's what the liberals do all day every day. It's what everybody does all day every day. That's the current nature of politics. And we're basically checking out on a huge amount of votes. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. It is on. On Super Talk Mississippi. James. Oh, gotta like it. That song pumps me up. It just, I, I like that one. It's one of my favorites. Ceasefire text line, got a few of them up here. Uh, Joe from Wesson says the conservative vote is diluted. You know, that, that does bring something up that I have on the list here that I wanted to point out. They have suspended all business in the House up in Washington for the rest of the week because we have a group of uh, 11 or 12 uh, far, far right representatives uh, who are pitching a fit. Uh, and my favorite part is uh, Kevin McCarthy, like him, don't like him, it doesn't matter. They asked him about this and said, well, part of the problem we're having in negotiations is they don't know what to ask for. They don't know what they want. They just don't want what they have. So literally, we have people pitching a temper tantrum and stopping any work from being done. The specific work they're trying to bring to a vote is to do away with the ban on gas stoves that the Democrats are pushing. So while this kind of nonsense, we're fighting until you negotiate with us, okay? What do you want? We're not sure, but you've got to do it. Okay, that's stupid. So we've got that going on on the Republican side. The Democrats move like the Power Rangers, like they have been rehearsing for weeks, and then every time it comes up for a vote, they form the megazord of liberalism and vote en masse. 
then Joe Manchin's over here on the side in the Senate. But aside from and, and Kristen Cinema, and aside from that, they vote in lockstep. Which one of these in your mind is a winning strategy? Which one do you think is the one that's going to bring the best results, which will make the most voters happy, which will help you win an election? Squabbling while you're admitting out loud you don't know what you're fighting about or what you want to gain from it, or picking your direction, saying what you're going to do, and then everybody joins in and does it as a group. Which one sounds like the better idea? What I'm saying is, we got to get our act together. Am, am I misreading this, Rhino? No. That's the message I have taken from this nonsense that's going on in Washington this week. Oh, you're upset. And? What are you upset about? We don't like the way he did that. Okay, well, what do you want to no longer be upset so we can get back to business? I don't know. I'm just upset. And they're unwilling to use the snap vote, the no-confidence vote, that they negotiated for at the beginning of this session. Yes. Like, if you're really that unhappy with them, it only takes two of you. Yes. And there's like 11 or 12 of them. Because they know they won't win that vote. I, I am... Uh pretty pretty confident i would be willing to bet some decent money that if the well it's not really much of a bet we just have to look back at history if it were the democrats that had a four vote margin in the house they'd never lose a vote they would never be in danger of losing a vote the republicans huh? who knows We've got a group of Republicans stopping the Republicans from doing conservative things. That's ridiculous. And that's no way to be building up to an election year. It's counterproductive at best. It's completely harmful to anything you're trying to accomplish at worst. But somehow they've convinced themselves that it will benefit them personally, politically, to do so. Yes. Yes. I'm not saying conservatives should become liberal. Far from it. But I am saying we could probably stand to pick up a couple of plays out of their playbook. And this is a big one. The Republican representatives in Congress, in the House specifically, should all pull together and pull in the same direction. Because right now, it's all over the board. It's not helping, it's not productive, and it's not a good look going into an election year. I cannot stress that enough. So now, you actually have Kevin McCarthy. They have empowered him to go out, and he said this yesterday. They've empowered him to very truthfully, factually say, I don't understand why some conservatives would not want to vote to do away with the ban on gas stoves for people. I don't understand why they wouldn't be in support of that. 
And what's the argument saying he's wrong? There's not one, because that's what they're doing. That's literally what the procedural vote was for that they blocked. So they could open it up and vote on that and do away with that ridiculous ban on gas stoves. Oh, no, we can't do that because we're upset. Why? Reasons. What do you want? Not sure. What are we doing? What are we even doing? Nothing productive. Not for the, the overall cause. And until we get that sorted out, we're going to continue to have problems. If conservatives moved with the same unity and purpose that the Democrats do in Congress, it wouldn't be a four-vote margin. It would be bigger. But we can't get that through our heads. And it's harming us. It's, it's not productive. Dean and Tupelo, are these the same holdouts that did not want McCarthy in the speaker's position in the first place? Yep. Same group. Matt Getz, all the rest of them. Same exact group of people that fought and demanded concessions and wanted to make sure that everything was going to be their way before they joined in with the rest of the Republican cause in the slim majority house. Self-serving is what it comes off as. And now they're holding up conservative business that the House could take care of that I think every conservative would agree the ban on gas stoves is a ridiculous idea and should be done away with. Well, we can't. Why? Mm, my feelings are hurt. The guy I, did, I didn't want did a thing I didn't like. So I'm going to pout now. That, that's, the, uh, that's the optics. That's how it looks. And that wins us the next election, Hal. That helps us broaden our control in the House and take the Senate back. How? That helps us get back into the White House. How? The Democrats like them, hate them, I don't care. They have a game plan. They have a plan and they work that plan. They work it hard. It's infuriating. But they all are rowing their boat in the same direction. We got three people overboard, five people trying to organize a water polo contest, and the rest of us rowing in a circle because we're all on the same side of the boat. This is what's aggravating. And I'm not sure what the fix is here. Oh, man. From the 662, wouldn't you say that the whole bunch is just a little bit on the corrupt side? There's only one more segment left in the show. I'm not sure I have time to fully express my feelings on that topic, but we'll just go with a general, yeah, and then move from there. Yes, exactly. Ceasefire text line. Heck, we need to steal the Dems' playbook on organization. When there's an issue, they even all use the same buzzword. We can't agree on when to go to lunch. Exactly. And that is how 
going back to what we talked about a minute ago, that is how the group that boasts 21% of the population as their supporters is able to stand toe-to-toe and go punch-to-punch with a group that has 44% of the voting population. Can't overpower us. So they got to be smart about it. You're 100% correct. Steal the playbook. Because they're punching way above their weight class when you look at the numbers and you look at the support. But they're doing it. And they're winning. We're flailing around in such a way we keep hitting ourselves. Final say, i got to find something lighter to end with. I've done gotten worked up now. I'm all, I'm all fired up. I've got to fix that for the drive home. I'll do that coming up in the final segment, live in the LMOL studios next. Gerard. Good for America. Good for fans of justice and truth. Good for us. Super Talk Mississippi. This is what we stand for. Welcome back, Super Talk Mississippi. I got a lot to cram into this segment here in the Element Well Studios. Uh, Dan in Hattiesburg on the ceasefire text line says more of that 44% needs to get out and vote. If we truly have the numbers, then the presidential race should be a landslide. So if 44% of the registered voters turn out, that's a landslide? If everybody showed up, that would be 44% of the vote, not even half, which brings me back to who's the most important voting bloc in America. Nobody can win without the help of the independents. Nobody. That, that's who everything should be targeted at instead of everybody preaching to the choir. That's how you win. You get the independents. The Republicans, we're not going to get the Democrats to vote for us. The Democrats are not going to get us to vote for them. So who's left? That's the people who, that aren't really ever plugged in until it matters. Right. That's the ones you have to talk to. This is not rocket surgery. You know what else is not rocket science? Having a big chicken to attract attention. You know, we have a connection with the big chicken here in Mississippi on Super Talk. Oh, they're having a problem in Fitzgerald, Georgia, because the mayor decided they needed a big chicken. I am not making this up, by the way. They decided they needed a big chicken, but it didn't happen organically like it did with Sandy here in, in Mississippi. Oh, no. He he put together the funding, he hired a firm, and they have this giant steel framework for an enormous chicken being built in the town. He kind of pushed it through. Not a lot of other people were a big fan, but he said, this is going to drive tourism. This is going to be a big deal. And then he lost the next election, and now the chicken frame is just sitting there rusting in Fitzgerald, Georgia, because nobody wants to take the time or the money to finish it. So they have a part of a big chicken in Fitzgerald, which I still say they could turn into something, promotional-wise. 
But I just wanted to let you know, I relay this story to you for one reason. Mississippi is so far out in front on big chicken technology, Georgia can't see us. So we've got something to toot our chicken about. Probably should have thought about how I was phrasing that before I said it out loud, but here we are together. It's safe enough for air. Here you go. Here you go. Another one. Somebody is extremely upset that Diablo 4 won't play on an Apple. You know who it is? Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) Whoopi Goldberg, who is apparently a big fan of Blizzard's Diablo 4 video, uh, Diablo video game series. 4 just came out not that long ago. You can play it on an Apple, but you have to use like this, this special platform magic inside of it and, and kind of adapt it. And you don't get the full live service connections and everything, but you can still play it. She actually recorded a video and posted it on her social media, begging Blizzard to please do a full port of Diablo 4 over to Apple so that she could enjoy it in its fullest. Now, if I had asked you to put the two weirdest things together in your mind you could come up with, Whoopi Goldberg and Diablo 4 would have made the list. Didn't see that one coming. It's relevant to absolutely nothing. I just, I was stuck with this information and had to spread it. I had to make sure somebody else suffered with me. It's, it's not like Apple has singled out Blizzard or Diablo for exclusion. No. Apple has never been known for being able to play any kind of games. No, they are not a gaming platform. Never have been. But now they've got Whoopi Man. This is the planet we're living on. Just wanted to remind you of that. Did you uh, hear about the guy that quit playing professional poker because his girlfriend didn't want him to? No. Joseph Altamonte. He hooked up with this girl. He was a professional poker player. He was successful. Hooked up with her. And she said, I don't like that. I don't like you doing that. So he quit. Well, his now ex-girlfriend no longer has a vote. And uh, at the 2023 World Series of Poker, he won $217,000, the entire tournament, and the diamond bracelet that comes along with it. That's the World Series of Poker trophy is the bracelet. Uh, I I assume the ex is working a shift at a Stuckey's. I don't know what she's doing, but we also all know she is going to learn nothing from this as a life lesson. Don't give up a passion or a profession for for a significant other. For anybody. Unless they're your spouse. Even, Even Walter White didn't do that for his spouse. So, yeah. He no. did it for himself. You you do you, boo. <laughs> Enjoyed it, buddy. Oh, yeah. It's been fun. I shall see you again soon one day, maybe. I don't know. We'll wait and see. See you then. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.